Welcome to Rated N for Nobody, where we watch movies that nobody wants to. I'm Brian. I'm Okal. And I'm Lawrence. And get ready for a bad episode. <laughs> Okay. So, uh, what the fuck <laughs> did we just watch? Yeah, that was a pretty fucking horrible movie. Uh, for those of you who are listening to this, uh, the movie of today's episode was Wizards of the Lost City, which, uh, let me just say, is a movie I don't think I'm ever going to watch again, and I'm Wh surprised I hadn't heard of it until now. Wizards of the Lo of Lost Kingdom. The Wizards of the Lost Kingdom. I don't even fucking remember the name. That shows you how forgettable this movie is. <laughs> Yeah, my head was in a fucking lost kingdom after watching that. <laughs> <show>. <laughs> yeah, it um was filmed and released in 1985. Uh the director went on to make nothing of importance, which should surprise nobody. Uh but somehow has a lot of influential people in both the writing and production. Somehow. Yeah. The, the writer was Ed Naha. Yeah. Uh, who He wrote, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. And its sequels, too. <laughs> and yet, this is the this is the final product that we ended up with for this first one. Wait, did this come, like, before the movies, or? Before the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids movies? Yeah. I believe so. Uh, I think they came out uh, in the yeah, 90s. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah this uh, first one was 89. Then he had to build his career from shit, I guess. <laughs> yeah, how did he score those? I'm not saying those are great movies, but they're definitely a leap and bound better than this one was. Yeah. Well, I'm just going to say, um, I think I'd rather be fucking castrated or something instead of watching <laughs> that movie again. The, I think that um, the the best part about this movie is the fact that it wasn't even long enough for them to make a movie out of. They had to film and then add scenes from other movies that they had also produced to pad the runtime for it. Uh, yeah, it has scenes from Deathstalker and uh, Sorceress. Which, big fucking, big fucking <laughs> show of how good you are at producing and directing a movie by not filming enough to keep your movie going, so you have to resort to using other movies to fill the void. <laughs> you think they got, like, sued for that? No, I think it was the same people, the same, produ like, production company. Just Let's... recycling your old fucking movies. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so, the movie starts with this nonsensical prologue that means nothing has almost no merit to the value of the movie whatsoever. Uh, it's cutting between scenes of like knights destroying villages and people getting killed and like these sacrifices happening. Uh, and it has, it has literally no play whatsoever on how the rest of the movie goes. And I don't understand why it was in there to begin with. And and those are mainly the scenes with, the Deathstalker and Sorceress. Yeah, uh, yeah, scene. yeah, yeah. There's uh, there's like knights marching around, and there's one scene where this woman is being like drugged to torture, and she's literally making like bat calls. <laughs> 
guess she was just in a lot of pain. Yeah, she uh, she was had so much pain that she transformed into a winged animal. Um, so the premise of this movie is that there is a kingdom that is being invaded by a wizard, a sorcerer, an evil magic user of some kind, uh, who wants to take over this kingdom. And so he just launches a full-scale invasion that somehow none of them were prepared for. They had no idea this could possibly happen at any point, and so had no defenses ready for it. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> you'd, you'd think that this like powerful wizard that's in the kingdom could do something, but no. <laughs> yeah, he uh, just, just kind of brushed it off under the rest of them. He, he fucking... He watched the the thing in his like bowl and then didn't do anything <laughs> his about fucking it fucking scrying bowl there's too much scrying in this movie <laughs> the first half of this movie is like just people watching other things that are happening without doing anything themselves we thought they were just uh seeing the future events or whatever and it, yeah cuz they didn't, they didn't even bowl. describe what it was it it was and it was uh Fuck, it was, like, presented to us. Like, he was explaining about this evil guy to his son. Because, spoiler alert, the... You know, well, it's not even a spoiler. The wizard of this of this kingdom uh, had a kid. And he's the main character, the son, Simon. And so he's explaining to his son, Simon, about how there is a invasion going on. Which, it was almost shown as if this was something they were foreseeing happening in, like, a vision pool that was, like, gonna predict the future, right? Uh, nope. Suddenly, literally, as soon as he lifts his head out of this bolt, there they are at the fucking front doors of his <laughs> of his wizard tower, about to kick the shit down. <laughs> so that's great. And the, what was it, the, the ring scene, they were doing that. The ring. Right, yeah, we jumped ahead a little bit, you're right. Yeah. Would you uh, like to explain that for us, Okul? <laughs> oh my god, um. Think of, like, like a magic battle between two people, but they're like on LSD or something. That's, that's what I can describe the effects. At, at the very beginning, you mean? When he's uh, like yeah. beating the shit out of him? Yeah, uh, when they were doing the, the JoJo poses or whatever. When they were like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the JoJo pose wizard battle. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's that's the best I could describe it as. We missed um we missed at the beginning too. So the the movie is it's got the the prologue that makes no sense. And then it cuts to this, like, foyer, almost, of the kingdom, where it's uh, the kid, and there's, you know, people playing around. It's like two kids sword fighting. Uh, the kid is walking towards, you know, like, the uh, front of the castle with the princess, who is just in love with this kid. And she's like, well, you know, someday we're going to get married. And the kid's like, I guess. <laughs> just completely blows this little girl off. Like, I guess. I mean, I don't know. And he's actually like... supposed. He's like supposed to have a crush on her, and or whatever. Um, and he he's just being a total dick. Yeah, for he, like no reason. He well, yeah, because this kid obviously has feelings for the the princess. Obviously, because at the very end of the movie, they're like holding hands and stuff. He's like constantly throughout the movie watching her through this scrying pool, which is kind of weird. It's not even the scrying pool, it's through the water. He's just finding any source of water. And he's like, well, let me go look at this princess again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, um... And then she's like, you, you should use, uh, what is it? Like show me a trick. Yeah, yeah, show me a trick. And yeah, she asks why he doesn't practice sword fighting. And he's like, well, what the fuck are you talking about? Because I'm a wizard. Then she's like, well, what is, well, why can't you do that? And he's like, well, because I can do things. I can do things with magic. She's like, OK, well, show me. And he makes probably like the most painful existence spring into creation uh, for this poor gargoyle. Yeah. He he brings a, a stone gargoyle hanging on a wall to life uh, with magic, some magical incantation that he recites. He brings this thing to life, and for the next 25 seconds that this thing is alive, it is screaming like it wants to be killed. <laughs> <laughs> it is screaming. It's writhing on the wall, and everybody's just like, oh, how neat, how cool of a trick is that? And it's like, uh -huh. well, this thing has organs made of stone. It's trying to breathe through, like, you know, layers and layers and years worth of concrete built up in these new fangled lungs that it's been given. Like, <laughs> this thing wants to die. No, it, 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 it just suffer. <laughs> <laughs> it appeared in this movie and it was like, oh, shit. I gotta get out of this movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it it knew what the the fucking course of action this movie was going on, and it wanted out. <laughs> it, it turned back to normal though, like at the end of the scene. It did. The yeah. girl, yeah, yeah, the girl waves her hand, and she's like, "Oh, be quiet, you!" And then it dies. <laughs> it just like it dies, and it just dies on the wall. Uh, <laughs> uh we're introduced to our second main character in this scene. Uh, as the doors of the castle are flung open and a giant white yeti made of shag carpet walks oh. in. <laughs> uh, just like, they're like, we gotta get a Chewbacca character. In here. I swear, that's what it felt like the whole fucking time. It's just there to make noises. Like, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, because it didn't speak a language that we could understand. Everybody in the movie around us could understand what it was, but nobody who was watching it understood what this thing was saying. It was just making garbles. It was just like... And then they'd be like, oh, yeah, good one, Golfax. <laughs> like, that's fine as making noises and shit. They understand, but like, you know, kind of make like a conversation. Yeah, it's like cool i guess yeah if it was like a back and forth like you know it would grumble something and they're like boy i mean i don't know where the ring is and then it was like we're all right they're like good thinking maybe we should check there but no it's just like he'll just you know out of nowhere just be like and the kid's like oh you shouldn't say that and then it's like okay well what did he say <laughs> if you don't explain what this thing is saying like nobody understands except for i don't even think the actors knew what was being said i think they're just like well the script says to say okay but I, I don't remember signing up for this, but, you know, there's this thing. <laughs> it had no eyes, too. It was, like, fucking shaggy dog. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, in the the Golfax, the Yeti, his name is Golfax, uh, he comes over to the kid, Simon, and in his garbled Yeti speak, he's like, kid, we we gotta go get your dad. Like, there's shit going down. And the kid's like, oh, fuck, what's going on? What, what do we need to go with my dad for? And he's like, all right, come on. And he just grabs the kid and starts leading him out the door. Um, and they go in and, like, all of a sudden, it's just, it cuts back to, like, these clips. And it's just people getting murdered, like, axe murdered <laughs> uh, by, like, a horde of knights that have run into the city. 
Um, and for like a solid two minutes, you just get to watch farmers throw all of their produce straight into the air like baseballs <laughs> as knights are <laughs> as knights are riding past uh, for presumably a reason, I guess, but they don't tell you why. I guess it's out of terror or something, but these things were they had some velocity to the throws. It's not like somebody dropping it running like they were flying into the air. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it's they're making a tossed salad. <laughs> yeah, Pretty tossed much. salad, tossed <laughs> chicken salad too. Because I don't know if you guys noticed all the chickens just falling from the heavens. Yeah, yeah, I fucking realized that too. The fucking chickens are just like in the air. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's cool. From nowhere, from nowhere, they just appeared at falling from the clouds. I guess it's like their their weekly supply drop of chickens or something. I have no fucking idea. Um, Pretty much. It's all these knights riding around, and they've got these big, thick swords. Like, I know it's probably hard to maintain a sword and all that. You gotta do the movie and stuff. But these swords were, like, thick enough that you could tell. You're not cutting anybody with that thing. Like yeah, 20... they look like fucking plastic or something. Yeah. Like, like rubber. Yeah. $20 swords from the Renaissance Fair. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, non-sharpened, like... These things maybe were just like quenched in oil and then handed to these soldiers, like, all right, go slaughter the village or whatever. But they're not sharp. These things aren't going to pierce any any sort of armor, any sort of clothes. Like, it's just going to get like hit in the head with a baseball bat. And I guess that'll kill you, but still, like, <laughs> pretty you know, uh, ineffective for some weapon meant to slice things. <laughs> Oh, and the guy with the nunchucks, right? <laughs> no, no, that's oh, later. Better. That's yeah, later. later. Yeah, yeah. Be, no, wait. We'll get to that. We'll get to we'll get that. To... <laughs> um. Yeah. No. So next, you know, the, you know, there's just all this this shit going on. People getting murdered. There's some evil magic, like evil magician in the fray. He's killing people. Uh, I'm pretty sure he gets shot with an arrow, and. The guy playing this sorcerer, like, I guess his his stage cue, his instructions were to like orgasm and die. <laughs> That's <laughs> yeah, that uh, dude was like going full cream in his he, fucking pants. He he literally like he like moans. He doesn't scream. He doesn't yell. He like moans and like contorts and then vanishes. Just into that kinky <laughs> shit, man. <laughs> There's honestly a lot of, of like, cum faces in this movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, unfortunately. Um, oh, so this is all, this is all happening while the kid and his dad are watching through this vision pool, this scrying pool. Um, they're, you know, they're watching all this carnage happen, and then the dad pulls the kid up and is like, Hey, kid, I love you. Take this magic ring that holds every bit of my power. All of my power is held in this ring. Uh, I need you to protect this ring with your life. And I need you to get the fuck out of here because they're literally coming in the doors. And, you know, and then it cuts to the scene of the doors. They're being flung open. All these knights and soldiers are coming in. The evil magician comes in, too. Uh, and so he gives this kid this ring, yeah, this ring of magic. Me. Yeah, and they, him and, and Golfax teleport out of the room oh no except the kid drops the ring <laughs> the one thing he was asked to protect he just immediately within two minutes of getting it drops it on the fucking floor and then is teleported away from it like 300 it, miles 
it's like if Gandalf, like when he gave the ring to Frodo, Frodo just like forgets it at home. <laughs> yes. you know? He, oh guys, I'll just like walk back, you know. I'll go. Get yeah, they get to Mordor and it's just like, oh fuck, I left this in my other pants. Can we walk back, guys? <laughs> it's just funny. It's like oh. you literally had one job, and you literally, literally, two minutes within getting this ring. It's not even a two minute scene. He drops it on the floor instantly and is teleported away from it. And then it's like, oh sh- fiddlesticks, I dropped the ring. And Goldfax is like, what the fuck are you talking about? You just had it. Uh, like, it's not even like a small fucking ring either. This shit's like the size of... I, I, how big do you think it is? Like, it's massive. It's it's the size of his whole, like, knuckle Paul. and... Yeah, knuckle, yeah. Like, yeah. it's it's like half the size of his finger. It's it a big like fucking a, ring. It, it looks it like a ring pop. Too. Yeah, it, it does. Close. It does look like a ring pop. You're right. <laughs> yeah, it looks like a like, flattened down ring pop. Yeah, and then this fucker's like, oh, I, I guess I dropped it while we were teleporting. <laughs> yeah, I, whoops, I guess it fell off my finger. And what? they spend the whole fucking movie looking for this yeah. giant ring. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, So they get teleported, uh, which I don't understand why the dad didn't go with them. He gave, he like, he clearly states, yeah, this ring right here is what lets me do magic. Like this, this holds all of my power. Okay, here, take it. They're coming inside the castle. Uh, I know I could be helping protect them, but just take the ring and run. And then he stays. Uh, there's a back and forth with the evil force in the movie. His name is uh, Shurka. Whoever made these names deserves a raise. Shurka and Golfax. And then Simon. <laughs> yes, um there's a back and forth between the two of them there is a lot of casting of little people in this movie and let me tell you something they made the little people actors into like none of them have a single line in this movie that is not a grunt or a scream uh and it's like boy this did not age well <laughs> They're all playing like goblins or orcs or something. And immediately you get a taste of this because, you know, these doors fling open. Shirka is leading this procession of soldiers into the room. And there's this little person orc who is the same race as all these other soldiers. But, you know, obviously he's he's like three feet tall. Um, And naturally the thing to have him do is start immediately screaming and banging the walls with his sword. And then climbing onto a pedestal so that he's the same height as the other guy. Right? Instead of just having him be his own character and be, like, intimidating despite his stature, they're like, all right, well, (laughs) now go into this room, act like an orangutan, and then climb up onto this pedestal. (laughs) Yeah, like I said, like, they watched Willow and were like, let's make this worse. Let's make this (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Let's see how much we can degrade these actors. Like, let's, let's put out a listing for, like, 30 little people actors and see what we can get them to do before they just quit and go home. <laughs> they they tried calling Warwick Davis, but they couldn't get yeah, him. He was too busy. He was too busy. <laughs> um, So this is the scene, Okul, that you were talking about, the JoJo yeah. pose fight scene between these Bro, two my wizards. Favorite. It's iconic. Walk us through it. Walk us through it. Oh, um, yeah, like LSD wizard battle, and they're doing JoJo pose. I can't explain it. Like the 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 spells they were casting were like so uh, nonsensical. Like, yeah, 
it was yeah it was like they the two of them just start flinging spells at each other they're like literally they're just doing all these jojo poses and then all of a sudden their hands are fucking exploding and fireballs are coming out or lightning is coming out uh yeah and the cgi looks like shit it's just like a red filter over top of their hands and then like a big fireball png floating across the screen like it's not good um it's like it was kind of like with uh fantasia is that how you say it uh, with the Disney, right? yeah, 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 but like really shitty, like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it was just like cartoon drawing, like yeah. spells. It looks so funny. It was yeah, it was bad. Um, and then it's at this point that the little person sees the opportunity, runs behind the wizard as he's crouched on the ground, jumps onto his back, and then just starts stabbing this guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he just fucking shakes him. Yeah, he just starts shanking him and then he gets flung off. You know, they're talking, there's this conversation, and then Shirk is like, you know, it's over, you know, I've won. And then the I wizard's like the wizard's like, well, at least you don't have the fucking ring, and then dies. <laughs> <laughs> um and that's the end of that character. Great movie, good movie. I'm glad that we introduced him and killed him immediately after. I mean, to be fair, this dude was just spending his time leisurely just looking, like, at the, the, the fountain. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, did he even do anything? There were all these, like, potions and shit on the wall, but what did he do for the kingdom? He just looked into water, and he's like, oh, wow, look at all this happening. <laughs> yeah. at it. They paid this guy to be the the court wizard. Like, the, the most powerful wizard in all the lands was appointed to this position. And the first sign of attack, and he's like, well, <laughs> I guess I'm going to go into retirement now. Uh, sucks to be everybody outside of my walls, but I'm gonna stay in here. Oh, kid, I need you to run away. Okay, yeah, my bye. My favorite part was, like, his emotionless reaction after all that shit <laughs> happened. He's just, well, that happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> after he's, like, done scrying, he's just like, well, I guess you need to go now. <laughs> um, so, the kid and Gullfanks are teleported away, you know, it cuts back to the two of them. They suddenly appear in the middle of a forest. Uh, the kid, you know, like, the kid is like, oh, God, oh, no, I can't, you know, I, we have to we have to use this magic and see how they're doing. And so he runs to a little pond and he casts that, you know, scrying spell on it. It's, there's so much scrying in this first half, like, of this movie. It's insane. He he casts this scrying spell on the lake, and the, him and Golfax sit down and look into it, and he sees his dad die. You just see the the little person groaning and screaming and like rolling around on the floor and stuff. And you know the kid's dad dies, and obviously this kid's emotionally sad. He throws himself into Golfax. This scene of this kid crying was more of a comedical scene than an emotional one in a bad way. He just he flings himself into Golfax, bawling into his his shag carpeting, and it lasts all of maybe ten seconds, and that's it. Yeah, that's it. That's it. They cut. They you know the kid stops crying. They cut back to Shirka's reign in this kingdom because I guess he's just you know rounded up all the guards and everything. He's con- taken full control over this in like the span of ten minutes, which this has to be the best raid in all of human history. For him to have gained control of every facility of this kingdom in literally 10 minutes. 
<laughs> so kudos to Shirka, I guess. If his wizarding doesn't pan out, maybe he can be a general strategist or something. Um, but it cuts back and, you know, he's rounding up all the children in the village and taking them to what is assumed to be some kind of a sex dungeon because he wants to, quote, ensure prosperous reign through future generations. Oh my God. So Actually, to gosh. make up for all of the people that he has massacred, he is going to be repopulating with all of these kids. And he's like, well, we can't let the kids get away. We got to repopulate somehow. And uh, this is where we should say this is uh, apparently supposed to be a kid's movie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which this is the first time the question is raised. Who exactly <laughs> was this movie made for? Who is the demographic that they were like, yeah, this will appeal to X, Y and Z. I don't think after watching this movie, they really had one in mind. It was just kind of like, well, I guess if you like uh, magic and bad, bad CGI, you'll like this movie. But even then, it's not it's not good. It's made for nobody. It's yeah, made for nobody. Hey, that's why we're doing it, right? And <laughs> like, this is the fucking movie you'd see at the very back of a blockbuster. It's just... <laughs> yeah, it's the one that's on the shelf. Like, it's been stuck in the wrong spot, and it's not got a tag, like a tag on it. So you're just like, oh, I wonder what this is. And you rent yeah. it and take it home. You stick it in, and you're like, is this a bad porno that I'm watching? <laughs> um, dust over the years. Yeah. So, uh. This is, you know, there's there's the the kids are being taken to the dungeon, uh, the the Shirka, the name Shirka and Golfax and all that. It's just I don't understand why they chose all these names. But then Simon, Simon, the kid named Simon, and then all these other medieval like fantastical names and Simon. Yeah, I guess it's because it's more relatable if it's Simon. It's like, oh man. Hey, mom, my name is Simon. That's me in this movie, right? I don't fucking know. <laughs> but it's like, okay, I guess. Uh, so it cuts back to where, you know, Golfax and the kid are just standing, like just standing around doing nothing. Uh, you know, the kid's still whining about the fact that he lost his fucking ring that his dad died giving to him. Uh, and then you get this scene of, a bunch of horses and a bunch of riders and there's some like slave or something that they're carrying around like prisoner or something that they got all wrapped up in ropes and he's running at the same fucking speed as these horses and he has to at least be running at like 30 miles per hour i mean these horses are full gallop through the woods and he's keeping up with them um and then he falls over just a couple minutes later He's like, he trips, and it's just him being drugged through the forest. And then the main writer, in a completely monotonous, emotionless delivery, goes, There's the boy after him. <laughs> uh, which prompts all the writers to continue after him. Um, then they, him and Golfax, just, you know, they start running away. They get caught in a giant trap of some kind that was laid I guess in just the perfect spot to catch these two because they knew that they were going to be teleported here, I guess. Uh, which just hoists them both into the air in a giant net. Yeah. 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 This is a good movie. Yeah. This is a good movie. Everything is fully explained and makes complete sense. Didn't the fucking... Uh, um, didn't, didn't the, like, mentor guy, like, show up or whatever this is where he shows up yeah yeah, yeah. 
Uh, wait, what wait. Are you shooting for with them? Like, like, what? Say like, what? The, like, what? Like, what are they shooting for with the mentor? Well, I I wrote down that he's like a cool teacher. <laughs> a cool teacher. Yeah. He's like he's like a a cool uncle or something. He's like, oh man, I'm not like the rest of them. I'm cool. That's like, yeah, okay, buddy. Wait, wait. Have we mentioned the the voice thing yet? The voice thing. Yeah. Take us How through. About... Okay. So, so when watching this, we notice that none, like the 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 audio of the dialogue doesn't sync up with the character's lips. <laughs> oh yeah. Right. Okay. <laughs> and you're wondering, aha! Uh-huh, I wonder why that is. It's because. Well, this was shot in Argentina, so they hired a bunch of Argentinian actors uh-huh. who had like really thick Argentinian accents. So in post, they dubbed everyone <laughs> but like one guy. Everybody they, except for the cool uncle who's about to show up. <laughs> they dubbed over all the actors. Which I don't understand. Why would you film an entire movie in Argentina? hire an entire Argentinian cast and then be like, I don't really think this movie needs to be Argentinian. Let's just, let's just get new people to do all the dialogue. <laughs> oh, uh, boy. Because they were, like, trying to go for, like, a medieval uh, you know, medieval European kind of thing. Right. But then you, there's, like, literally palm trees in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like obviously shot in like a, a tropical area. <laughs> like oh, anywhere other than it's supposed to be filmed in. Yeah, this is definitely old medieval England and Europe because you can tell by the palm trees. <laughs> um, so Golfax and the kid are both hoisted into the air by this giant net. And they're screaming for help. And it cuts to this guy who's just sitting on a stump. He's just sitting on a stump. That's all he's doing. He's just sitting there. And he, he, you know, his ears prick up. He's like, oh, fuck, there's somebody yelling for help. And he goes over, and he's like, hey, stop it. <laughs> and the guys are like, who the fuck is this guy? He's like, what? And, you know, they're just taken aback by this guy who just walks up to him and is like, hey, stop it. <laughs> um, And he's like... You better let them go. And he, he says exactly, you better let this boy and his furry whatchamacallit down. Um, <laughs> yeah. And this scene has so much needless back and forth banter between the main, the you know, sword guy, who does become a main character, and his name is Kor. We don't find that out till later, though. So there's so much back and forth between him and these thugs. It's like, I, I mean, you can tell it's a poorly written 80s script, just because of how much they need to facilitate this, like, cool, like, quippy nature of these main characters. It makes for such bad dialogue. Um, the next scene that we've got here is he is threatening to let him down. Then there's this big fighting scene. and. I guess they're trying to make it so he's like a good sword fighter. So he's just like one hit tapping, killing these guys. Like it's no challenge for him at all. And then we get back to another one of the cum scenes because as soon as he finishes this fight, he just like 
rolls his eyes back into his head and moans. <laughs> and it's just, it, this is one of those scenes where it just, it goes back. And it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> Why was this necessary? Like, you could have just had this guy finish killing these guys and been like, all right, time to get you down, kid. But no, it's just like, it has to do this zoom close up on his face. And he's just like, <laughs> he just like, you know, like, yeah, he just like finishes and he's like, oh, and then he finishes a second time. <laughs> um so there's a lot of un, like i like i said like this whole character is just banter and it's yep. it's back with a vengeance he's just doing all this banter back and forth this kid he's trying to like show himself to be cool which is why i call him like he's the cool teacher like the cool substitute teacher that you get like he comes in he's like you know what guys we're not gonna do shit today you know i'm the cool sub i like to i'm here to be your friend it's like okay well you could also just help and do your job, but I mean, I guess that's fine. And then there was like that pointless dialogue is like, Well, what are you doing up there? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, hey, fly up in the tree, kid. Oh, I yeah, got... <laughs> oh. oh, yeah, where he was like, Do you live in this tree? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's like, like no. Yeah, and he's like, Do you want to come down? And the kid's like, Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's the fucking rope, and then and he's like, Oh, go ahead. Uh, he's like, can you give me wine? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I was going to say, yeah. He asked this kid, he's like, the kid's like, oh, man, you know, thank you so much. How can I ever repay you? And he's like, you got any wine? And the kid's like, no. And he's like, okay, and walks away. <laughs> he literally just turns around and leaves. And one of the, the, one of the later scenes, is he's like, you know, I'm still around because I like you, kid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So, you know the 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 yeti and this kid. You know they get up, they wipe themselves off, and the yeti in his yeti speak is like, "Oh fuck, you know who that guy is right. That's Kor the Conqueror." Ooh, and this name is supposed to hold importance, but like I said, since there's literally no exposition whatsoever to this movie that makes any sense, these character names just mean nothing. You know, they're trying to introduce all this lore and, like, backstory as it's happening, and it's just not working. <laughs> you know, because, like, they don't they don't talk about anything he's done. It's just like, this is Kor the Conqueror. He's he's well-known because he has an article at the end of his name, The Conqueror. What has he conquered? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, what has he conquered? <laughs> Why is he the Conqueror? Is he the Conqueror because he's good at fighting, or is he the Conqueror because he has a beer gut and just drinks alcohol all the time? Like, <laughs> like what? What's the Conqueror of names? Yeah, he, he's conquered. He's conquered his alcohol alcoholism. I get, no, he definitely has. No, he definitely <laughs> has. Um, but we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Um, but this is yeah. This is core the Conqueror. Like, this this is a household name, apparently. And the kid's like, oh my god. Kor the Conqueror. Kor. Kor, hey Kor. Kor, my family was murdered. Can you help me? And Kor goes, sorry to hear that. See ya. <laughs> <laughs> Walks away. I My family was murdered. I am in great grief. Please, I need happiness. Sorry to hear that, buddy. <laughs> yeah, sorry to hear that, kid. See ya. Um... <laughs> So the kid's like, oh, fuck. Well, this guy's clearly no, he knows what he's doing. I need some kind of, I need some kind of strong man on my side. Hey, Cor, how about if I paid you? And the kid, and then Cor is like, well, you don't have any money. And no, I don't do this for, I don't do this for money. And the kid's like, oh yeah, pussy. <laughs> and 
then he, you know, as the cord's walking away, he, he's like, oh, I thought you were a brave warrior. And I guess this changes Kor's mind as he's walking away. He's like, God, this kid thinks I'm a pussy. All right, I guess I got to help him now. And he turns back around like a couple minutes later. He's like, all right, kid, I'll join you on this quest. Uh, uh We come back to another scene of scrying because we need that, right? Uh, and this is another moment where Shirka is watching the party through his his scrying mirror. And he next to him is the queen who the queen, they guess, I guess they reveal at some point throughout this was once married to the king of the kingdom before Shirka invaded. And I guess her and Shirka have some kind of relationship on the side somehow. I guess they've been sneaking out and seeing each other because she's now with him. Like Shirka was a side piece to her until he conquered. And now he's the main hoe, right? <laughs> but then Shirka is like, she's like, oh, you know, all you ever do is watch them. Why don't you go out and do something? You know, he, she's like, you were once a powerful mage. What happened? And he turns to her and goes, well, you were once a devoted wife. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> this the, the woman that you've married, you're going to turn to her and be like, oh, yeah, well, at least I don't cheat on people. <laughs> like, OK, I guess. It just doesn't make any sense. This is another like just moment in this movie where it's like this does not make any fucking sense. Why was that dialogue necessary? The simple answer is it was not. <laughs> why was the movie necessary? Yeah, why was the movie necessary? Literally, Great question. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, yeah, he calls his wife a hoe. Then it, you know, there it goes back to the two of them. The kids like. Oh man, I wish I could defend myself, but my magic doesn't work outside the castle. Which this is a complete fucking lie because this kid does magic like every other scene for the remainder of this movie outside the castle. He literally did magic like five minutes ago when he was looking into the fucking river to watch what Shirka was doing. This kid yeah. can use magic outside the castle. It's one of those things where it just feels like, boy, you know, I'd love to come into work today, but. I can't. My car's broken down. I guess you'll have to take my shift for me. And then Kor's just like, well, okay, I guess. Because it's just, this kid can do magic. I just don't think he wants to. Um, no, it, I, I just like, what is the point of that line? Because literally right after he says that line, he casts Yeah, he does. Yeah, you're right. He does. Literally, literally exactly after that. He's like, well, magic doesn't work outside the castle. But I guess I'll try and sway Shirka from watching us. And so there's this like two minute long staring contest where it's literally <laughs> just the camera, like 10 seconds goes by. It switches between Shirka and then this kid and it's just switching back and forth, back and forth. There's like music playing in the background. It's literally just a staring contest for like two minutes. And Absolutely. that happens a lot in this movie. It does like... happen a lot in this movie. And I don't know why. <laughs> Awkwardly just close up of eyes. Cares. Yeah. <laughs> um, so this staring contest is happening. And, you know, then suddenly the kid's eyes turn blue and Shirka's eyes turn red and the scrying pool that Shirka was looking out of explodes. Ooh, the kid used magic outside the kingdom. Wow. But the kid is still insistent he can't fucking use magic outside the castle. So I don't know. Um, and like uh, the fucking uh, scrying pool is just like uh, water with like colored uh, what's it called food coloring yeah yeah it's just like a basin of water with blue food colored water inside of it yeah the thing exploded because they're 
mind battles are so fucking yeah because yeah i guess they were just exerting too much on this fucking pool but other oh, it's yeah, also yeah. it's also worth mentioning that core gives the kid a sword in this scene he's like here this is you can't use magic take this sword this will keep you protected you know when whenever you need it um and then the the staring contest happened and the fucking pool explodes <laughs> this is a great this is a great part too so the pool explodes and Shirka just has a meltdown. Like, this this dude loses his fucking mind. He's like, oh my god, how dare this kid blow up my my scrying pool. Wah! And then one of the little people that works for him walks in the room, and Shirka just turns and melts him. <laughs> he literally just turns to this guy. He just walks in the room. He's like, hey, boss. And he just turns him into ash. <laughs> This is fucking worse than Kylo Ren. Just <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is a meltdown worse than Kylo Ren's. Yeah, because he literally gets so mad that one of the guys working for him, he's just like, he's just like, I need to fuck kill somebody. And this poor guy who walks in the room just gets turned into ashes. And then he's like, okay, bring out the second scrying pool. <laughs> he call yeah, he calls in another little person. Uh, who looks exactly like the one before. Yeah, yeah, they're all, like, clones of each other. And he's like, you, bring me my another, bring me my second scrying pool. And then suddenly, there's a second one. Why Why was he even mad if he had a second one? <laughs> yeah, he, yeah. He lost to a kid. I guess, yeah, maybe it was <laughs> just because that kid bested him. But yeah, you're right. If it was such a big deal, you would have had no scrying pit. But yeah, he just turns around, he's like, oh, fiddlesticks, you bring me in the replacement scrying pool and the guy's just like oh yeah you're right you know we got like 10 more back here too you want me to bring another one while we're at it and he's like no the second one will be fine um so the kid uh, you know he's going through some training it cuts back to the kid and core and you know core sleeping under a tree and he's like all right kid here's what you're gonna do you're gonna take that sword and you're just gonna start swinging it and the kid's like well is that it and he's like yep uh well you do that i think i'll take a nap the kid's like, okay, I guess. So, you know, he's just walking around. He's swinging the sword, like, cutting leaves, cutting branches and stuff. Uh, this sword, by the way, is, like, tiny. It's a really small, like, kid sword, which I don't know why Kor had a kid sword on him, but he did. So that's, yeah, how convenient. Um, so he's, you know, he's walking around. He's swinging the sword, and this kid just decides to go on, like, a trek, like, a pilgrimage somewhere, because he leaves, like, the camp in the dust. He just, he just walks and keeps walking. And I don't know why, he just keeps going. He, like, wanders into a whole other forest, and then there's this big fucking guy in a Viking Halloween costume who appears in front of this kid, and he's like, hey, kid, you're about to fucking die, give me the ring. And he's like, well, I don't have the ring. And the guy's like, all right, well, I guess I'll cut your head off then. Yeah, the... I, what was his costume? Like, you could probably buy that shit at, like, a... What was it? Halloween party? Or yeah, whatever. it literally... It, it looked like a big Viking Halloween costume because it was, like, the, you know, the little tassels on his helmet and stuff were clearly made of plastic because as he was running, they were, like, flopping up and down. So it's like they didn't even invest in the costume design to make a metal helmet. They just bought one off a Halloween store and then put it on this guy. Um, so, the, you know, the kid just, you know, instead of fighting, which the kid makes the right call here. Instead of fighting, he just turns it and books it. Uh, he just gets the fuck out of there. And there's this big chase where this, you know, this Viking guy is chasing down this kid. 
and they get to a tree and it's like it's literally like it's like a scooby-doo moment because the kid like pops out the right hand side and then the guy pops out the right hand side and the kid pops out the left hand side and the viking pops out the left hand side and they just do that back and forth for like 10 more times where it's just like oh which way am i gonna go which way am i gonna go and then the kid runs behind him and trips <laughs> the fucking sword like flew out of his hand and it got stuck in the tree <laughs> yeah. and then like as the what is it the, the guy that was chasing him was like you know slowly walking over the fucking sword took like sword viagra or something that shit <laughs> grew and I, I don't know what the fuck happened like yeah, no, the, the sword lodges itself in this tree that's like 20 feet away, which this kid fell and fell hard because he threw that sword so hard, it went like five fucking trees over and dug itself into this tree. So like, this kid's got a strong arm, right? Um. So, and yeah, and then he hears this voice and it's like, go get your sword, fight. It's like some woman's voice, which he attributes to the princess from the beginning of the movie. He like, every time he hears his voice, it's this princess girl. And he's like, Oh God. Okay. I gotta, I gotta go get the sword, I guess. And yeah, he walks over and as he's pulling out, this sword just grows. Like it grows and then it grows some more and it turns into this big, like monstrous sized sword. And the kid suddenly becomes some fucking expert swordsman because he just wields this thing like a professional and kills this man like instantly <laughs> but the guy also vanishes into nothing after he dies question mark he just gets uh, stabbed and then vanishes yeah no but what's yeah. really funny is is that like when he was pulling the sword like the music is like swelling it's all dramatic and as he's but he's pulling it out of the tree it just it just he takes no effort to pull it out, you know? It's just... Yeah, yeah, it just slides out. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, was... like... Go ahead. It's supposed to be like a like a King Arthur moment, almost. But, like, you know, it, in King Arthur, he, like, takes effort to pull the fucking sword out. Well, that's what but... I'm saying. This kid, he has to have a real fucking strong arm. Because, yeah, yeah this sword that prophet. lodged itself into this tree so hard that it's stuck motionless gets pulled out in one, like, he didn't even, like, yank or anything. He It, it slides right out. This kid just, like, he, like, slides it like it's, like, a, an icicle. <laughs> it's like an icicle he's just pulling out. He's just like, oh, wow, look at that. He pulled the sword back out. But yeah, no, somehow a moment ago it was stuck in so hard that it was like half the sword was embedded in this tree and this kid's just like, well, fuck, better, get, better go pull it out, I guess. I, I guess it's the fight or flight response or something. <laughs> yeah, he just it, turns into fucking Hulk. <laughs> yeah. Um. So that happens. And then Kor winds up finding him. He's like bitching to Gullfax. He's like, God, can't believe I have to babysit this kid. You're not even doing anything, man. I have to babysit you too. And Goldbacks is like, he's like, yeah, whatever, pal. <laughs> um, and then they're still looking for the kid. The kid, like I said, he he vanquishes this man. His sword turns back into the normal sword afterwards. Spoiler alert: his sword never does this once for the rest of the movie. This is literally, yeah. Never once. It's not even mentioned. This is a one-time thing. This, this to me, feels like a scene that they were expecting to do something, and then it didn't. That's that's literally it. This is one one more part of what makes this movie such a triple A blockbuster film, right? Um. So 
all of a sudden, out of nowhere, this, like, sultry woman appears. This is the best part of the movie. <laughs> no, it's not. This <laughs> is not the best part. This <laughs> sultry woman appears and is like, hey, kid, how about you, you and me go into this clearing over here and I'll fulfill, and I quote, your every need, pause, and <laughs> desire, wink. And this kid is like 14, <laughs> and this woman is like 26. And this is the most uncomfortable part of the entire movie, because it's like, is, th is this kid about to, like, become a victim? <laughs> um, and so oh, God. the kid's just like, well, okay, I guess. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, and like, so she leads him into this clearing where it's like a bunch Don't of... Kick. Say what? And don't kick shame. He has a mommy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's, it, he leads her into this clearing where it's like 10 other women and like 10 other kids and all the kids are just laying around and these women are just rubbing them, like rubbing their chests and like rubbing their faces and stuff. And it's just weird. It's like gross. And like, it just, yeah. it feels weird to be in this movie. It's like, oh my God, what is about to happen? And it keeps doing close-ups on all these people's faces. Like, <laughs> like as this kid's walking past, it's like there's some guy playing the pipes. It, like, zooms in on his face, and then it zooms in on this this enchantress's face. And, like, his kid's just like, well, this all seems normal to me. Better go follow her. Uh, and then he lays down on this, like, couch. And then she just dumps a bunch of petals into his hair and then, like, lays over top of him. And it's like, oh, fuck, what is about to happen? Like, <laughs> do we need to turn this movie off? Like, what is about to happen? It looked like a porno. It like, did, it did. The way and it was going. Exactly, and it was so uncomfortable because, like I said, this kid is, like, 14, and this woman is an adult. Like, I'm not saying it would have been okay if it was, like, the, you know, someone around his age, but it's just made worse by the fact that this is, you know, this is such a big difference in age between these two characters so yeah. he he is poured a glass of green kool-aid <laughs> <laughs> she gives him this big pitcher of green kool-aid and is like here kid drink uh and you know he's like oh okay so he drinks it and this kid passes out and it's like oh fuck this kid got roofied <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, and he had this whole fucking fever dream. <laughs> yeah, he did. Like, uh, I don't even remember what oh. fucking happened. With the the guys in the red robes and the fucking lion yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, the, oh the my god, ass chimera lion, whatever the fuck that thing was, was fighting this big old head and just, like, I, I can't even describe what I fucking saw. Yeah, like that, so, that... Lawrence, you got it? Okay, so, first of all, the, the scenes of these guys in the red robes Right, and there's like this tower with like a green glowing light. That's all scenes from the movie Sorceress, uh, which is in the beginning of the movie Sorceress. But and I don't know what the fuck's going on here. But all of a sudden, <laughs> welcome to looking, the movie. He's looking in the sky, and like a galaxy manticore appears. It's like a lion with like giant dragon wings mm -hmm. appears. And then there's like a head appears in the sky with half of it of her face is like snake or whatever. Uh -huh. And she starts like shooting lasers out of her mouth. <laughs> yeah, she does. 
Well, we we yeah. forgot to mention this. What was originally happening was a sacrifice for yeah. dark magic of some kind, black magic. They're just doing some sacrifice, and then yeah, this big fucking griffin just appears, and this giant head appears too. Uh, but yeah. continue. I mean, that the 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 manticore and the head start like fighting. I think the, the this is another like, one of the big staring contests. <laughs> yes, the manticore like shot lightning out of out of something. What did he shoot lightning I think it out was of? His eyes. It. it I yes. think he. Yeah, like he won the staring contest. I guess so. Lightning just ripples out of his face and blows this head into oblivion. <laughs> um. Oh yeah, because like in the head looked like it was like a Death Star head because it was like a yeah. green. Like, yeah, a green laser like, coming out of its mouth. <laughs> And then it blew up just like the Death Star. <laughs> um, um, and it was also like it was a woman's head with like scales all over it. Like a big reptile woman's head. It was weird. Um, that that was probably the weirdest part of the movie. Yeah, definitely. And, and he's like sitting there and you can tell that it's two separate like locations and scenes because like. Like hit the black background behind him is so different from the other, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what was he saying? What was he even doing in that scene? He was like, it was they were trying to entice him to join the forces of black magic. They were like, kid, you see all this? You could have this. And he's like, I don't see anything except for a giant head and a griffin. And they're like, no, it's okay, kid. Join black magic. <laughs> um. So yeah, this big. Well, actually, we've we forgot a part. So they were doing a sacrifice. And the woman that was going to be sacrificed, like, got away somehow after the griffin appeared. And so the priestess is like, well, guess I'll stab this princess instead. And, like, <laughs> stabs her in the stomach and pushes her into this giant fire and is like, I've done what you've said. Now grant me the power. And they're like, fuck you, buddy. You didn't sacrifice the woman we asked you to. And he's like, oh. And then, like, she, yeah, she just vaporized him. Like, these green lasers just shoot out of her mouth and she kills every person there. Um, so after this fever dream ends, um, he, he starts to wake up and the woman that was leading him to this place becomes a beetle, like a human sized beetle somehow. And it makes no sense. And conveniently, this is also the point in which Kor and Golfax meet back up and Kor being the genius that he is. Decides not to step in and help, but rather throws him another sword because I guess he didn't have his first one anymore. And he's like, here, Simon, take it. And he throws it at him. And, and Simon's just like, well, I guess it's on me and stabs her and she dies. They like perfectly coordinated the toss with the sword. Yeah, like he was. He, yeah, this he, this kid is like half awake, waking back up. And somehow he has the wherewithal to not only catch this sword midair and stab this thing, but also to recognize what is happening around him. Um, and this is a weird part, too, because this beetle dies, We've, which you were led to believe this woman is not a woman at all. She's a big beetle. She's a big insect who was disguised as a woman to entice this kid, right? No, you would be mistaken, my friend, because this woman turns back into a woman after she is slain as a beetle. <laughs> Power of dark magic. I guess so. Which, which, why would you even become a beetle? What was the point? If you are a woman, and you die a woman, 
Why would you transform into a beetle in the middle of this fight? <laughs> uh, yeah. Also, Brian, you're being a little bit robotic, by the way. Yeah. Oh, on your end? Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. it won't matter because my, my OBS will just record how I'm talking now. It's true. You're right. You're right. Okay. So you can cut that out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So that happens and it cuts back to Shirka. And he's like, damn, black magic. They killed her. My insect woman. And it's like, okay, I guess. <laughs> so, and this is another question that I had. You're telling me this guy who can turn women into beetles, who can blow up castles in a day, who, you know, can do all this other stuff, tracked the ring to the castle, but cannot for the life of him track it in the room he is in. It is literally <laughs> like 20 feet to his right, sitting on a gargoyle. And this dude is like, man, you know, I, there I was 5,000 miles away in my castle, Tracking down this ring. I pinpointed it here. Uh-oh, it's gone now. I have no idea where it is. Guess we gotta give up the search. No, actually, he doesn't give up the search. He has his, his little helpers continue the search for him, and every time they fail him, he melts them. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, you know, it cuts to him. He's like, oh, my insect woman, she's dead. And then it goes back to the kid, and he's like, man, I think I'm gonna go scry in this lake again. And this is like the fourth time in this movie that it's done. And he's just like, well, guess this water will do. And he casts a spell in the water and he looks into it. And Core walks over and he's like, hey, kid, who's that? And this is once again, this kid is just an absolute creep. He's just watching this girl. And he's like, the princess, she likes me. And Core is like, uh, OK, buddy. And he's like, hey, Core, you got a you got a wife? No. You got a girlfriend? No. What about a family? No. Man, you must be pretty lonely. And then Cora's like, well, okay, I guess, if you think so. Why would you insult the man who's keeping you alive right now? Like, why would you look at him and be like, man, your life sucks. All right, <laughs> that's back to the road. <laughs> that's that's how you, like, strengthen your uh, friendship, you know? Yeah, that's... Your friends. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's how you strengthen the friendship. Um, so it's uh it's just one great scene after another. So after this, night falls. The Yeti is laying in the tree rubbing his crotch and singing. <laughs> which okay, I guess. And somehow they've ended up in the clearing where all the greatest warriors of their time all just happen to be buried right in a row next to each other. And the kid's like, oh my god, Core, Core, you know where we are, Core? That right there, that's the Phoenix clearing. That's where all the greatest warriors of all time have been buried. And the Foxfire. The Foxfire, yeah, you're right. And he's like, he's like, Core, we could bring them to life and make them fight for us. And Core's like, kid, let the dead sleep. Let them rest in peace. And this kid's like, but they can't be killed because they're already dead. And Cora's like, drop it. Just like, like, look, I'll put up a lot. I'll put up with this big fucking furry monster. If you raise a zombie, I'm going to kill you. And this kid's like, yeah, okay, Cora. All right, you can go back to sleep now. I promise I won't raise the dead while you do it. And uh, Cora falls back asleep. And the kid's like, well, 
better go raise my zombie army. <laughs> it's, it's like, uh, go ahead. It's like, because the the kids always like ah, grr, black magic sucks. But apparently, raising the dead isn't black magic. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Is considered black magic. Forcing a soul into its dead, <laughs> dis, like disintegrated body, is somehow viable within the realm of good magic. <laughs> and turning into a bug is bad. <laughs> you know what? I mean, I guess so. Movie logic, but that doesn't make any sense. Um. So he he's walking into this clearing. He's like. You know what? Fuck what Kor said. I think we could use a zombie army because, you know, every 80s movie has to have zombies of some kind. Otherwise, it's not good. Exactly. <laughs> um, and that's just what this movie needed, right? They just had to pad this runtime somehow. So they were like, well, guess a zombie army will do it. Which also we should mention this movie is only 72 minutes long. <laughs> One hour and 12 minutes. It is incredible how blissfully fast this movie passes. That's the it's, only dude, that good thing about it. That, that is, was the opposite for me. This shit dragged. Really? I was like, oh my I, god, yes. I felt, I mean, imagine though if this was like a two and a half hour movie. I felt like this movie was over in an instant, which thank god because this was such a bad movie. What um, you? <laughs> it's, it's barely passable as like technically feature length. An hour and 20 I thought is feature length, right? Uh, It has to be it's 60, it has to be 60 minutes or more to be considered a feature length. Oh, okay. Yeah, like, no, well, the, hey, it was 57 minutes before adding in the scenes from two other movies, so. Um, yeah. But it was it was a blissfully quick 72 minutes, thank God. But this is just one of those scenes that it's like they had to have something in this movie because there was nothing to this movie. So, yep, this kid has decided, you know what, fuck it, we're going to have some zombies. So, he, you know, he walks in the forest and necromancy of being good magic, of course, uh, he knows uh, just how to do this spell, I guess, because his, his, you know, him and his dad went down to the pet cemetery one day and were like, hey, kid, I know your cat just died, but how about you bring it back? And he's like, thanks, dad. T teach me the spell. Because I, he has to have learned this magic from somebody. Which, you know, what, where, in what situation could this kid have been taught how to raise the dead? I just, I, I, it does not make any sense, but... Yeah. He goes, he goes to the clearing. He's like, okay, this is it. He casts the spell, and these zombies are up in an instant. They must have been buried under, like, two inches of dirt. <laughs> they, they, Whoever dug these graves was like, well, it's not like anybody's going to be visiting them or anything, so instead of doing a coffin and instead of burying them the, the regular depth, how about we just dig some of this dirt over top of them and just loosely cover them and call it a day? And then the other guy was like, yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> so they rise there's four of them in this scene it's all of them speaking at the same time but it feels like one of these four actors was given the lines and then the others were just told to repeat it after him because the first one will say something and then with like a two second delay the others will start talking so it's like oh we need blood we need blood fresh blood and then the others were like well, we need blood yeah blood oh uh, yeah oh it's like they don't know what the hell they're saying. Or maybe they just didn't <laughs> read the script, I guess, but... Why was I here again? Yeah. Oh, the I sound... thought... <laughs> Say what? The sound design is non-existent. They just got someone <laughs> in the recording booth and, and go... like And just be like... The director was like, just say it in a creepy voice. Did and we they talk were like, about the audio in this movie? 
No, oh, no, Did we he? haven't. I didn't. Oh, fuck. Oh, my God. Lawrence, do the honors. So, um, for whatever reason, uh, when watching this movie, uh, the dialogue and stuff will be in the right ear and only the right ear. But things like music and stuff will be in the left ear and only the left ear. It's like they went through after and the sound work done after was like, man, this would give it such a cool feel. How about we just have all the spoken dialogue in one ear and all the sound effects and music in the other ear? Isn't that genius? No. <laughs> I will answer that question. No, it's not. Maybe sound like if you're watching this in surround sound, it's okay. Headphones on, you better believe that sounded like shit. To be fair, like it is a movie from the 80s. But it is, but you would, you would think that they would have some kind of like way to counteract this they exactly. don't they don't it's literally one ear and that's it yeah well maybe they shouldn't have fucking dubbed everybody yeah, <laughs> yeah. so uh these zombies they rise they're approaching this kid they're like we are gonna eat you we're gonna drink your blood to bring us back to life they're like why the hell did you these zom these zombies are talking to this kid they're like what the fuck did you bring us back to life for they're like we were resting peacefully we were having a good time and now we're gonna drink your blood because you just brought us from our eternal slumber and he's like oh okay well maybe don't do that and core jumps out of the woods and he's like hey you die and he swings his sword at him and they cut into pieces but then the camera cuts back to him and they're all together again <laughs> Completely formed back together for no reason. Yeah. And it's at this point that the corpses decide, you know what? I think we'll just go back to sleep. And they just turn around and go back to the grave. And this is the longest moment of the movie, I think, after watching this whole thing, is watching them go back into these graves. I don't think they turned around. They, they literally just went forward and into another like <laughs> they just went to another one resting place. yeah it's yeah. okay like, i think you might be right like, yeah i think they, they walked forward they went into this like gray quicksand thing <laughs> yeah 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 they never turned around jeez yeah okay so yeah they just keep walking forward then and this is the slowest descent i've ever seen they literally just walk into this thing and then start sinking, and the camera doesn't cut off of them until they're down into it. <laughs> and you just watch them, and then you keep watching them, and you just watch these four zombies sink. And it's like, okay, well, is there going to be, like, a cut or something? And it's going to be, like, two of them, like, you know, watching this, and then it's just, they're going to be, nope, nothing. It's just the zombies sinking, and then sinking some more, and then they're gone. And it's like, well, all right, I guess. It's like some really awkward thing you have to just fucking sit through. like. I, I like what was the point of that? Yeah, literally, what was the point of that? So, so why is that soil so loose? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, how was it loose enough that it acted like a liquid? <laughs> how were they able to wade through it? Ugh. So at this point in time, you'd think Core is gonna give Simon a stern talking to and be like, "Hey, kid, maybe next time I give you some advice, you follow it, right? Because I just came over here and we almost just got eaten by zombies, right?" Nope. Simon looks at him and goes, I'm sorry, Kor. And he goes, all right. And that's the scene. <laughs> that's literally it. Yep. Um, now this, it gets weird again. We cut back to the castle and it's the princess sitting in front of a mirror and she's getting ready. 
and Shurka walks in. This princess, by the way, is the same age as the kid, like 14, 15. And Shurka walks in and is like, hey, you know, it'd be really cool if you became the new princess and queen of this castle. And the kid's like, uh, and he's like, you know, I just leave my wife for you. <laughs> and the kid's like, doesn't say anything. She just sits there. Uh, and he's like, he, he looks at her and he goes, you better get used to my pleasantries. And then the wife walks in and he's like, oh, uh, keep getting dressed, milady. And then walks away and it's like, oh my God. Yeah. Um, so once again, this is, this is a child. <laughs> Shirka is all over this kid, but you know what? I guess that's, I guess that's fine for this movie. Um, it was the 80s. I guess. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. That was, no. <laughs> <laughs> that was definitely not an 80s thing. That was definitely a whoever wrote this movie thing. Um, yeah. We get a scene where a group of peasants walk in. There's four of them. And the first one, who only has one line in this whole movie, and they chose the wrong one of the four because this guy's delivery is bad. Uh, he looks at Shurka, he walks forward, and he goes, Shurka, we don't know where the ring is. Shurka's like, really? Did you look everywhere? And the guy's like, yeah. Well, no, that's right. The guy didn't say anything. He's like, oh, yeah? You, step forward, talkative one. And the guy steps forward, and he's like, did you look everywhere? And the guy doesn't answer him. He's like, well, maybe you all would do better as a bunch of spineless mice. And he just turns the group into mice, which... Mice have spines. <laughs> Mice have spines. The, this that analogy doesn't make any sense because these creatures still have spines. But okay, I guess. I guess he just wanted something cool to say before he turned them all into mice. Uh and then oh, go ahead. The the little the little man in yeah. a monkey costume. Uh, he runs over there and fucking crushes them. <laughs> <laughs> Under his shoe. He walks, yeah, he starts, he, he turns him into mice, and this guy, this, this actor, looks into the air, and is like pounding his chest, and starts screaming. And he jumps off, and he runs over to the mice, and you just watch this thing jump up and down, and squish them all. And it's like, what the fuck? What the fuck? <laughs> um, so, Core is... Um, Kor is with the guy and or Kor was with the guy Kor's with the kid and he uh, he's going through the clearing with him and they're like oh man you know uh, today really has sucked so far like boy I, I hope it doesn't get worse and Kor looks at the kid and goes well let's hope today becomes a great day wide-eyed smile and it's like okay <laughs> and he's like which way kid and the kid like does 360 and he's like that way and he just picks a random direction and they go walking in it and then they get lost <laughs> um and you know then core's like hey where are we? And he's like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> and he's like, well, I told you to take us back to the castle. And he's like, I don't know where the castle is. <laughs> and he's like, well, what the hell have you been leading us for this whole time? So, yeah, he um, he gets him lost. And 
then they start to hear this screaming, like this high-pitched yelling from the woods in front of them. And they're like, oh, fuck, we got to go investigate. Uh, so they do. And they come into this clearing where there's a giant gingerbread house in the middle of the woods. Yeah. And there's some gnome being eaten by these creatures that were sent by Shirka. Because we find yeah. that out later because they don't explain it at the moment. But they were sent by Shirka to just kill this gnome, I guess. So he's screaming, he's running around. We get all this, we get this scene where uh, Kor just pulls a sword out. And he's like, you want to die? And they're like, uh, no. And then all of them run away. And you're like, oh boy, day saved. And, you know, the kid walks in, goes over to the gnome, starts talking to him. Kor can't though, uh, because there's a magic wall. Just real quick. Yeah. The, um, the gnome. Yeah. I, I want to just paint a picture of this guy. Okay. He, he's tiny. He's short. Another little person actor. Um, and with a big pointy hat, you know, button cherry nose, you know, with the little, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And with a beard, like white beard and a mustache. Just painting that picture for later. Okay. <laughs> well, it, you know, honestly, he looks like a Smurf, but not blue. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and this is this is the worst part of the movie if you have epilepsy because we get a series <laughs> of like pure white screen covering flashes as Core tries to walk up to this gnome. It's like a strobe light or flashbang is going off like time after time after time like at least 15 times in a sequence of like 33 seconds. And it's like, oh my god. If you have epilepsy and you're watching this, you are on the floor having a seizure right now. Yeah. It was bad. It was bad. And it's there's no epilepsy warning either, though. This movie has none. Yeah. And it's like, god, that's kind of a big thing to just leave out of this, but okay, I guess. So Cora's like, what the fuck? Why can't I come over? And then the gnome's like, tee-hee-hee-hee, I have a magic field in place. I have a magic wall. Let me open it for you. And then he does, and Cora's like, oh, thanks. <laughs> so they go into this guy's house and this is where we get <laughs> a taste of how much of an alcoholic core is because he walks up to him and this is before they go inside he walks up to him and there's a barrel just sitting on the ground and core just walks over it and he just takes a big ladle and he starts drinking and he's like oh boy wine and the, the gnome's like, yep, it's my wine. And he's like, give me some. And the gnome's like, okay, well, we got to go inside first, I guess. And he just starts pounding back these drinks. Like, they go, I will say, the glasses are small. They're, they're, they're tiny. They're like, you know, uh, I mean, I guess they're children-sized, like, goblets. Uh, and, and his hands, though, they're still about the size of his hand, I would say. Yeah. And he's like, he gets a glass and he's like, no, 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 fill it to the top. And he gets a full, like, overflowing glass of wine and he downs the whole thing. And he's like, okay, give me another one. And then Cordes proceeds to drink, like, glass after glass of this while they're talking. And it's like, oh my god, maybe take a break. And, and, the, and it's supposed to be wine, but it, it's just water. 
Yeah, yeah. It, it's just water. <laughs> they say it's wine. This liquid that they're pouring, I guess maybe they were they were saying like it's white wine or something. There's no tint to it though. It's just yeah. pure crystal clear water. <laughs> um, this is an important clarification that is made at this point. The guy goes, "What are you?" Or Cor goes, "What are you?" He goes, "Oh, I'm a hobgoblin," and it's hobgoblin. like. Oh, and that's why I was that's why I mentioned the clothes because he does not look like a fucking hobgoblin. Yeah, he looks like a gnome. He looks just like a garden gnome. And he's like, I'm a hobgoblin. And it's like, oh, I mean, okay, I guess. Guess this universe has some pretty, you know, gnome looking hobgoblins. Um so this is an important part too. This guy, this hobgoblin, goes, Oh, I can't cast any magic outside of the, the pink crystals. But let me turn off this this shield wall that I've created out of magic real quick so you guys can leave. But don't worry, I can't do any magic outside these pink crystals. Oh, uh, I'm also going to teleport myself later. But don't worry, I can't do any magic outside the pink crystals. Uh, and he, he turns to the kid and he's like, you know, you can do magic anywhere, right? And the kid's like, no, I can't. I can only do it inside the castle. And the Hobgoblin's like, well, I can only do it the pink crystals, but watch this. I'll do it here right now. And it's like, okay. They, they literally directly contradict themselves in the same, like, sentence. That's what I'm saying. I don't know how you could have all these rules and restrictions in place, but at the same time have no rules and restrictions. It's almost like they just needed something to explain the magic, but they don't follow any of the rules that they create for it. Yeah. It's like, <sighs> you know, hey, guess what? I can't snap. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you could hear that. I did not, but <laughs> don't worry. We'll, ass we we'll, we'll assume that there was a snap that was done. Um, uh, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, no, not, not even a little bit. It is so dumb, so stupid. Uh, and this is your favorite scene in the movie, Lawrence. Is it? This is when oh. the peasants are attacked by the Shirk soldiers. <laughs> and we get to see a peasant fight off these soldiers on horses with nunchucks. <laughs> Why? I don't think these scenes were uh, from the movie. I think these were set, like a, scenes from another movie again. Probably. It didn't feel like it fit in. Um... It's supposed to be... Oh, well, also, we should include... The Hobgoblin tells them before they leave, Oh, I was sent to stop Shurka because he's attacking my village. And they're like, okay. okay. Then it cuts to Shurka's soldiers. Yeah. And they're just laying waste to this little village on the outskirts for no reason. There's like... This is, this is one of those scenes that just... Like... Is there and then never mentioned again till the end of the, like even till the end of the movie they just never bring it up again. It's just a bunch of soldiers. I guess they're looking for the ring, maybe. Yeah. And they just start massacring these people. Like they they grab this woman by the hair and they like drag her out in the fields and stab her. And then this guy gets shot in the chest with a bunch of arrows. And then this guy, the only character that we've seen thus far in this movie who actually uses one of the weapons that he picks up to defend himself. And it's some peasant on a farm. And he picks, he grabs the spear out of one of these guys' hands and, like, kills two of them. And he throws it down, he grabs these nunchucks, and he starts beating the shit out of them. And then he gets filled with, like, 20 arrows and dies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. So, this scene, literally, it's just 
it, there's like no importance to the movie whatsoever. I guess they're looking for the ring is what's to be assumed unless I missed a line, but it's like a minute and a half long and then it's over and then it cuts back to the house and those things from earlier are back to hound this, this hobgoblin and Cora walks up to him and he's like, Oh, you slimy idiots. Why you you'll never learn your lesson. Bleh. And so he, he starts like threatening him and this 10 foot tall version of these things walks out of the clearing and is like, Hey buddy, you're about to get fucked. And Cora's like, Oh God. Best part is that we don't even actually see him walk. It just cuts and he's there. He's there. Yeah, he just appears. He's suddenly within frame after a cut. And it's just like, what the fuck? And yeah, he's like 10 feet tall because his head is stretched like up to the tops of these trees that are surrounding this forest. Um, And so Kor runs up and swings his sword and loses it from his grasp somehow because it flies out of his hands and get ready for this one, everybody. Gets stuck in another tree. In a second tree. These people love to get their swords stuck in trees, I guess. So if I had, if I had a nickel every time a tree got stuck in a a sword got stuck in a tree, I'd have two nickels, but it's weird that it happened twice. Yeah. <laughs> um so this is great. So he he loses his sword and it's like, oh god, this thing's gonna kill everybody, and the hobgoblin turns to Simon and goes I can't use magic here, but you can. And he's like, no, I can't. I I can't use magic. I'm outside of the castle. And he's like, well, you got to do something, kid. Otherwise, this thing's going to eat us. And he just vaporizes this thing. Simon does. He just looks at him and holds his hands up and melts it. <laughs> it just turns into a pile of goop. And he's like, oh, I guess I can use magic, but not outside the castle. And it's like, stop fucking saying that, kid. Yeah, you clearly can. I don't know many people who could just make things vaporize without using magic, but uh, I mean, whatever you say, pal. <laughs> uh, so the party is deciding to split. They decide that Golfax should stay back, which, by the way, if you've forgotten Golfax was a character, don't worry. We did too many times because he literally has no part in this movie whatsoever. Um... He decides to stay back with this hobgoblin to help escort him to the castle. And Kor and Simon are going to go on ahead. And the hobgoblin looks at Simon and goes, don't worry, if you survive, we'll join you. And Simon's like, oh. <laughs> so, yeah, that's great. Um, Kor is like, well, the only way to get to the castle from here is to go through the suicide caverns. Which, what a name for cavern system. Suicide caverns. Because people kill themselves there? Or because it's suicide to travel through them? I have no idea. These are the, these are the right questions. Yeah, the, well, these are the questions that the movie decides are unimportant. And yet questions like, where can I use magic, but clearly can I use it in other places, are at the top of their minds. Like, you already answered the question, but you're still questioning it. I know. <laughs> so. They travel to these caverns. There's like a, a little mound outside of the forest. They go inside of it. These cameras were not set for filming in dark places. And it is so noticeable in these caverns because you can count the amount of pixels on the screen in these shots. 
so grainy. It is so bad. It's grainy. It's pixelated. It's they've like blurred the scene to make it look better, but it didn't work at all. It's like they just took the film after they finished recording and then pumped the exposure to 100 so that they could see something. And it looks like shit. It looks horrible. Um, yeah. This is where they get they get attacked by ghosts. Because what else does this movie need besides ghosts? And it's just like close-up, close-up, close-up. Yeah, it's close-up after close-up. They look like smoke clouds. It's just close-up after close-up of ghosts. There's no fighting whatsoever. Uh, it looks helpless for our heroes. And what's the solution to fighting the ghosts away, you might ask? Don't worry, I've got the answer for you, and it might surprise you. They start singing. Yep. <laughs> they just start busting out in show tunes. And it works somehow. Uh, yeah, speaking so of ghosts, I'm back from the dead. He's back. Hey. Uh, I didn't mention anything, but he left for a moment. But he's back now. Yeah, yeah sorry, guys. <laughs> um, so they start singing, and the ghosts just decide, yeah, all right, let's just go back to our cave. Then they leave. And then Kor looks at him and goes, hey, you need to have a little faith here and there. Oh, yuck. And it's like, well, that wasn't very, that wasn't a funny joke. <laughs> like what what's the what's the punchline of that like you just started singing like, okay um oh yeah i should also mention and during this scene of singing core starts singing and he's like yeah come on kids sing along and this feels like another scene where core had the script and then the kid was just told to repeat after core because this kid does not know what he's saying he's just like yeah okay core what's the next line like it's just it's bad yeah <laughs> you can't tell if this was supposed to be part of the script or the kid is just like genuinely not knowing the lyrics yeah, <laughs> yeah i honestly he just like forgot the lyrics of the song right there and yeah they, they just they couldn't uh do another take yeah because i guess that was too much to ask for right yeah um, so they vanquish the ghosts. The path to the exit of this cavern is right ahead. Uh, for some reason, it seems like Kor is like, yeah, okay, kid, how about you hang back about 40 steps and I'm just going to leave, a, you know, a good distance ahead of you just because. And the kid's like, oh, okay. And then, well, what do you know? Kor gets ambushed as soon as he walks out of the cavern by some people working for Shirka. Uh, for some reason, I, I guess I, I I couldn't really tell what their motive was. They were like, well, there's definitely there's definitely a motive for hunting core, but I I mean, yeah, I don't. Well, yeah, we'll get to that, but I don't know. I think that they are working for Shirka because it cuts to him afterwards and he starts laughing. And it's yeah, it's weird. Um, They were just there. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's a lot of that in this movie <laughs> oh there's one more scene actually that we missed before they leave the cave uh, they've defeated the ghosts and right before the exit the princess starts calling to the kid and she's oh, like yeah. she's like, oh god I need help please help me and the kid's like oh god I gotta go save this princess and he starts running away from court and they show this big insect creature fly at him with saw blade wings and it's like 
what is this guy's obsession with bugs? Yeah, there's... Wasn't it like chasing him? It was chasing him, yeah. yeah. It was flying right after him. The mouth of a bigger fucking beast that was supposed to eat eat him, I guess? Yeah, it's it's like you could employ the help of any magical creature and you choose insects every time? Okay, buddy. It's just so weird, but whatever, man. So, yeah, and then, you know, he defeats this creature. Um, It cuts back to Shirka, and he's like, he, he summons in his little people brigade, and he's like, did you find the ring yet? And the first one can't speak, and, d- and clearly doesn't understand what he's being asked, because he just starts nodding his head, and then he leans up and he holds his hand out, and Shirka's like, did you find the ring? And then he's confused. And then he like starts shaking his head no. And Shirka just melts him on the spot. <laughs> and and this is the best line of the entire movie. So he then turns to the next one and is like, oh, yeah. you go find the ring for me. And he storms out of the room. And then the queen walks up to this guy and goes, do try to find it. We're running out of dwarves. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. And then there's just there's a horrified look on the dwarf's face. And then it cuts back to him. And uh, Kor has been strapped to a tree, tied up. And there's a giant stew pot in the middle. And um, he's tied to this tree. And, like, the leaves are blowing into his face. And he keeps, like, pushing him away with his mouth. Yeah. Like, I don't know if that was comedical or... If yeah, exactly. Was... I was thinking the same thing. It's like, you can't tell, because this is a bad movie, if this was intentionally done, or if the wind was just blowing these leaves in this man's face, and he's just trying to get him out of the way. But it's this really stupid scene of him just, like, chewing on these leaves, trying to get him out of the way. And it then... like a fucking idiot, though. Yeah, and then... He could have put it under his chin, too. Like, he had the capability of, like, just going up... He did, yes. pushing it down under his chin. But no, he decided to keep talking with the leaves getting stuck in his mouth. <laughs> um, and yeah, and he's talking to this guy and the guy's like, oh, you didn't think we'd catch you, did you? We've been looking for you for like, I think he said like three months now. And Kor is like, well, I didn't think you'd find me, but here we are. And Simon is hiding in the brush right behind Kor because he was coming to save him. And he overhears the guy say something like, well, Shirka will at least be proud that we don't have to worry about you. And the kid's like, oh God, he's working for Shirka. And you find out the reason that these guys have been chasing Kor is because the leader of this bunch is a Cyclops. And you find this out because he rips his mask off. And he walks away from Kor, he takes his mask off, and Simon comes up and he's like, oh my God, what's going on? And Kor's like, they told me I had to marry his sister. And then Simon goes, well, that doesn't sound so bad. And he goes, no, his twin sister. Sister. And, and you see that it, yeah, it's another Cyclops wearing a wedding dress. And it's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the guy comes back. He, he's dragging this friar along with him. And he's like, okay, the friar is here ready to marry or he's here to cook you. And it's like, oh, I get it. Because Fryer can be F-R-I-A-R or F-R-Y-E-R. That's a funny joke. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> funny. So, um, 
Simon sneaks up. Cora's like, kid, can you do me a favor instead of just standing there and, like, actually help me? And the kid's like, well, I mean, I guess so. So he comes up, he cuts his bonds. And Simon's like, okay, run. I'm going to stand and pretend I'm still being cut, or I'm still being tied up, and I want you to get out of here. And the kid's like, okay. So he runs. And the guy comes back and he's like, well, you made up your mind? And Cora's like, yep, I sure did. And he punches him in the face. Right after being called fat, by the way, this Cyclops comes up to him and is like, well, you've changed a lot since we last saw you, mostly around the waist. Cora's like, oh. <laughs> like, looks really sad for a minute. And then turns around and punches him in the face. Yeah. And it's mostly a lot of flexing and not a lot of fighting. Like, it's just a flexing contest between Core and then this giant Cyclops guy. And then in the background, you get the dumbest scene in the movie where there's a guy who's picked up Core's sword and is just spinning in circles like a helicopter it. with it. Fucking Beyblade or something. Yeah, he's literally, he's just taking this thing and he is just spinning. And Core walks up to him and is like, what are you doing? He's like, you know, you need training with that thing, right? And the guy's like, uh, uh, uh. And he gets it stuck in a tree and then he runs. And they did this sped up, like, fast motion scene of this thing running away from him. And he is, like, circling every tree, like, doing loop de loops, like, tripping over himself. It is so stupid. Um, then. The Cyclops comes up, and Kor pushes him backwards, and he trips and falls in this big boiling pot of soup. He screams, and then the twin sister shows up in the wedding dress, and Kor is like, uh, looks like your brother will be joining you for dinner. And then the woman's like, huh? And then it cuts to the boiling pot of water, and Kor just yep. runs away. And the woman's like, oh my god, you killed my brother. Insert just... Seinfeld. <laughs> yeah. But the, like, the the special effects they have for this cyclops it's just like a giant gaily red thing with one eye and like a wedding gown and everything <laughs> yeah but the eye so is tiny it's yeah it's all practical effects which i can applaud the movie for using practical effects for these creatures because they would not have been able to pull off cgi'd yeah um, I would have laughed if that shit was yeah, a oh, my god. oh my god. So it's all it's all practical effects. It's like a, G, a big mask. It's orange. It's got a really small eye for being a cyclops. And it's just in a pure white wedding dress and a veil. It's kind of funny looking. Um, mm. So Simon, after Kor catches up with him, Simon's like, you fucking liar. You lied to me. And, and Kor is like, well, I mean, I've been helping you this whole time, right? I mean, I could have betrayed you at any moment. And the kid's like, yeah, but you lied to me. And it's like, kid, this guy has saved you like 15 fucking times. Like, can we get over this lying thing for a minute and just accept that this guy's on your side? He's like a fucking toddler, you know? It's like, you know, your parents doing everything for you. And it's like, they forgot to do this one promise. Like, you lied to me. I know, literally. It's like, yeah, he's like, he's like, man. You lied. You're a big fat liar, Core. And Core is like, kid, I don't know how I can explain this to you in any way. He's like, I'm not working for you because I have to. I'm working with you because I like you, Simon. And then Simon's like, like oh, you know, 
You, you little rascal, you. I trust you now. <laughs> and they're like, back on the road, I guess. Oh, this is the this is the next scene of the movie. They arrive at shit waterfall. <laughs> oh, yes. chocolate milk waterfall. This is the grossest waterfall I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like the water was so fucking dirty that like it it looked like chocolate milk. That it shit did. looked straight up like Nesquik or something. Yeah, like, it, was... it was it was brown red. It was obviously like clay of some kind was in the water, but it was this brown red liquid, and it was this huge waterfall, and it looked so gross. It would have been pretty if not for the brown water. Definitely, <laughs> yeah. it definitely would have been. And I this is no you know, I mean this is like nothing against uh. Like the 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 location that they filmed that, but it's like you're telling me there's not a single other waterfall you could have used for this scene because this one looks bad. <laughs> it's yeah. not appealing in the scene at all, and it makes the water just look gross. But hey, whatever, I guess. <laughs> this is like, go ahead. Oh yeah, have you seen those like clips of in like let's say Japan or whatever? The tsunami comes and the and like. The water is just fucking nasty. Yeah. Yeah, that's what that looked like to me. True, yeah. It was just like, it just didn't, uh, it didn't have the same mystical, magical qualities this rest in the movie had. Because everything we've seen so far has been brightly colored, colorful liquids, clear, crystal clear liquids. And then you just get this brown, dirty waterfall. And it's like, okay, all right. And again, this is where we see like palm trees and stuff. Yeah, yeah. palm trees dotting all over the place. There's like, you know, all these tropical plants and vegetation growing, and it's like, are we really in medieval Europe right now? Actually, what surprised me the most was that there were, like, rainbows coming from this shit waterfall. There were, yeah, there were a lot of rainbows in this scene, which is one nice quality that it had, but, ugh, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to be fair, the, the rainbow in the shot was, was pretty cool. It was. It was a very nice, very cool scene. But it was uh, because it was yeah because it was all non-edited. This was a genuine yeah. waterfall. This uh this that or genuine rainbow. This waterfall was creating as it was falling, and it looked very pretty. But yeah, <laughs> this next scene is kind of funny. Uh, this next scene we pop back to the princess sitting on the throne next to the main throne, and Shurka is standing in front of her with a watch, trying to hypnotize her. But he's a wizard. Why does he need to use these stupid, like, fake <laughs> fake hypnotist tricks? He he probably has a spell that could do this. You know? I I just realized that. Like, that yeah, he was like, hypnotized. He, yeah, so he was. He was like, he's talking to her. He's like, oh, you're going to become the greatest queen this land has ever seen. You're going to love me so much. Blah, 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 blah. Which, this is a gross scene once again, because this kid is 14 years old. But yeah, it's like... Why would you include this when you could have... I would have much more believed if you had a scene where Shirka's, like, casting a spell over some food or something, and he feeds it to her, and he's like, now you're under my control. And he's like, you're gonna <laughs> love me, and all this stuff. But no, he's literally standing in front of her with a with a pocket watch, and he's like, ooh, <laughs> you're gonna love me. Ooh. ooh. <laughs> and then the wife walks in, and she's like, Oh, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, literally, she's like, "What's going on here?" And Shirk is like, "Uh, nothing." <laughs> she's like, "Guards, arrest this man." And 
uh-oh, the guards don't listen to the wife. They only listen to Shirka. And he He's turns a around. Chad. Say what? A giga Chad. He's a giga Chad. And so he turns around and is like, no, no, guards, arrest the queen. And uh-oh, she's getting thrown in prison. It's just, man, one plot twist after another. This movie just knows how to keep an enthralling plot. Uh, so it cuts back to this waterfall on the banks. There's core with the raft that he's building out of, like, the puniest little sticks I've ever seen in my life. And he's, like, building this little raft, and the dialogue here, you can barely hear it over this fucking waterfall falling right next to them. This is a scene where they really needed to turn the first audio down and have the dubbing over top of it. That would have been acceptable, because I think they kept some of the original lines, because the first guy, Kor, did not dub any of his lines. It was all straight. So it would be like the kid, the kid would be like, oh, what you doing there, Kor? And then he'd be like... Well, I'm actually building myself a raft so we can get it. It's like, oh my god, I can't understand what the fuck you're saying. Um, yeah. Uh, so this scene here, they're, you know, they're going back and forth about this raft, and it cuts to this woman who's drowning in shit water, and she's like, oh god, help me, please. I'm naked. Somebody save me. And Cora's like, okay. <laughs> he jumps in the water immediately to go save this lady. And Oko, what happens? What happens in this part? Oh, booby. <laughs> <laughs> this, yeah, I hadn't seen this, but they both aptly pointed out to me. Apparently, this woman has a huge nip slip as yes. she's bobbing in the water, and it's just completely visible. No cutting, no nothing. And this movie is rated PG. And I didn't Again, even... For kids. Yeah, for kids, because this is a kids movie, right? Um, uh, Go ahead. No, and that's that's what's weird. Like P eighties movie, like eighties seventies movies, like ratings barely mattered. True, because like yeah. Kramer versus Kramer, uh, which is rated PG, has like full frontal female nudity. Uh, Damn. So yeah, like the original no. Gremlins, that shit was fucking like. I think I mentioned that earlier, where they were. Well, yeah. Fucking. I think one of them was in the blender and they got fucking mixed up and his guts were like flying everywhere. I was like, holy shit. I don't shit. remember that from Gremlins. What oh, Gremlins God, I actually were you watched watching? It, like, the first one. What? I shit you not. That's what fucking happened. Oh like, it got in the God. blender and its guts went everywhere. I was like, holy shit. That like, might be a movie remember. we have to watch then. <laughs> okay, but we said shitty movies. I mean, Kurt I mean, I am of the opinion that Gremlins is not a good movie, but maybe that's just me in this call. Is awesome. Okay, well, <laughs> I'm not gonna say it's good or bad, but it's definitely has its like place in like pop culture. That's like the best Christmas movie ever. And that is true. Okay, we need to get back on track with this movie though. This shitty, um, horrible, non-grounded no, no, no. movie. But the fact that she, that you do see a nip slip is, and it's like in a kids movie. That's that's the main part. Cause like Kramer versus Kramer is PG, but it's not a kids movie you know mm. what i mean this is marketed as a kids movie and they kept this in yeah you're right um, it's like and i don't understand yeah you're right because it's like give her even just like a bra or something and it's like yeah this is a kids movie this movie was made for kids this is not an adult f like action movie this was this was marketed towards children that was their that was their target demographic and yet you have scenes like this where it's like i get it's a small thing but it's like you wouldn't have shot that again 
Right. These these actors were definitely on drugs, by the way. <laughs> At least, like, cut it out. Like, literally, you could just edit it out of the movie. Yeah, literally. Well, no, you can't. When you only have a 57-minute runtime, you gotta yeah, keep yeah, yeah. everything you've got. You gotta keep every fucking minute of this movie because you cannot afford to lose another minute of it. Give it the de- decency of uh, giving her, like, you know, a skin-colored bra. True, yeah. yeah. So, but... suddenly, this woman just vanishes disappeared into the aether and core is like kid do you see her and he's like uh no and it's implied that she went over the side because this is like a little like lake next to another waterfall it's implied that she just fell over the edge and they're like well i guess she's dead so core comes back out of the water and uh uh-oh what's that in front of him a completely naked mermaid sitting on some rocks well yeah the the mermaid was the lady no, I know. I'm just saying, like, okay, there okay. was no explanation for that. Like, yeah. they didn't set that up or anything. It's just, like, from their perspective, it's just like, oh, well, that lady's dead, I guess. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> oh, wow. Now she's a lady. mermaid? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Completely naked. Her hair is covering her breasts in the shot, but she has no no covering at all. And she's like, oh, good, you lived... I was just testing your manhood out there, which kind of sounds like weirdly like sexual, almost like testing your manhood. Yeah. And, all right, I guess. But she's Again, like, it's movie. Yeah, exactly. And then she's like, oh, don't worry for your courage. I'm going to create you a big fucking bridge made out of rainbows that you can walk on. And it's fucking rainbow road from Mario. I Kart literally I literally wrote the same thing down. I was like, man, how Mario Kart of her. <laughs> <laughs> Because, yeah, she just makes them Rainbow Road for their walkway over top of this waterfall. And she's like, follow the rainbow to your heart's desire. And it's like, how are we walking on rainbows that you... What do you mean you can make a rainbow bridge? What the fuck? Are you magic too? Like, I didn't know mermaids could make magic rainbow bridges. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> um. So, yeah, that happens. We cut back to the castle. Uh, once again, we get a scene of a little person actor who is acting like a goblin instead of having a lion in the movie that actually holds some value because they wanted a lot of them for the movie, just not for any of the important roles. They just had them playing non-speaking goblins and gremlins and stuff. And it's like, wow, that's pretty degrading of all these actors, but whatever, I guess. So you cut back to that scene and they're just like going ham. They're like beating the shit out of things. and just completely randomly and then it cuts back to them again they're on top of this hill or on top of the waterfall and uh uh-oh goldfax is here wow they've reunited once again yeah what a touching scene that lasts probably 20 seconds before it cuts to court in the castle beating the shit out of some guy (laughs) it literally is like a like a 45 second reunion and then it just cuts to core walking up to some guy and punching the shit out of him well you know i kind of figured out why they didn't add him to the like waterfall scene because hmm. then he'd be like too similar to chewbacca i guess you know yeah they couldn't afford to ruin the costume because it costs too much to make <laughs> yeah <laughs> they didn't want to have to have a second one they were like you know what let's just ride him out for a little bit and then bring him back man uh, so yeah, they're in the castle. Corb beats the shit out of this guy, knocks him out in one punch. He goes flying. Uh, 
the Yeti finally has an important action in this movie in which he swings his arm and knocks a guard out. So congrats to Golfax for actually doing something. Uh, they release all the prisoners that were captured in the, ra in the raid. And then it cuts to a scene where one of the, the, the dwarves that they called them is searching this laboratory where the wizard was and he finds the ring. Uh-oh. And what, and I say, uh-oh, because that's literally what this guy says. Cause as soon as he picks it up and turns to the door, Goldfax is standing there like a big fucking behemoth, like at least eight times taller than this dwarf is. And he's like, uh-oh. <laughs> and Simon's like, give me the ring. And the guy's like, oh, I don't know. I don't want to get disintegrated like the rest of my friends. And he's like, give me the ring. He's like, okay. <laughs> Just... Yeah, by the way, this poor fucking dude was like going through that entire room. Like he was breaking the uh the, the potions and whatnot. Yeah, just... this room was a disaster. There was shit strewn all over the floor. He literally was picking up potions and just smashing them on the floor and like emptying stuff out. Like it was a... he was going and looking for this thing. Cause would you want to be disintegrated? Dude cared for his life. Yeah, literally. So, Simon has the ring again. Let's hope he holds on to it for more than two minutes this time. Um, so, it cuts back to the main foyer from the very first scene. He's holding a big banquet feast. There's a big table there. And he crowns this princess the new queen. And then he turns to a bowman and he's like, Alright, take the shot. <laughs> and the queen is tied up on the wall. And he's like, make it quick and make it clean. He was just going to execute this queen in front of everyone at this dinner. <laughs> oh, man. This guy is ruthless. <laughs> so, yeah, he's just a giga chad. So, Core uh, interrupts. He busts in. He's like, hey, you. Stop it. <laughs> just like his first line at the very fucking beginning of the movie uh, the prisoners all flee then you get this big scene that's an invasion that was used at the beginning of the movie that they've used again for the escape scene where it's all these peasants being like killed and stuff by guards and stuff it's literally the same scene from the beginning of the movie they just reused it twice which yeah. how lazy of them Got to pad that runtime. Yeah, literally. So the prisoners are all armed themselves. They've picked up weapons on the ground. They're fighting the guards. Shurka appears with a knife and he goes up to the queen and he like holds it up. And he's like, I'm going to fucking kill you. Psych turns around and leaves. And the queen's like, oh, my God, this guy's a psychopath. Like you're you're literally being invaded by like the only person who can stop you and you're gonna take the time to go fake out your wife like that <laughs> what a psycho oh my god this scene's great too so the queen gets saved by one of the little people who's defected from shirka he's like yeah fuck this shit i'm getting out of here you know what you're in a pretty bad spot too queen how about i cut you loose and we go out of here so he cuts her loose, and they walk out the door, and Shurka is right in front of them, turns around, and melts both of them instantly. <laughs> which, he... like... Go ahead. Oh, which begs the question, why didn't he just, like, melt her, like, in the first place? Exactly. He Well, that's the thing. It's like, they set up this scene like this guy, he, this, this, this guy saves her, and it's like, oh my god, 
first of all, this this little person's actually going to have a role in this movie that is not degrading, that's not some goblin or something like he's actually going to get to do something, right? He's going to be a hero. He's going to save the queen. And then literally 15 seconds later, they walk out the door and are both melted on the spot. Like those characters just gone. Yeah, instantly like, vaporized. Okay. And it's like, well, I guess that was for nothing. <laughs> so there's a giant battle happening out in the courtyard. There's fighting, there's stabbing. Kor uh, is just like murdering people left and right with his sword. He's just like, he turns around from one guy, cuts him in half, kills another guy. Uh, Shirka is teleporting all over the place, shooting fireballs at people. And then the kid also teleports himself right a like in front of Shirka and they start fighting in this big wizard battle, quote unquote. It's like the final fucking battle for JoJo's or some shit. Like this is the, no this is the biggest battle of the movie or so it's supposed to be. It's really bad though. Uh like cuz he cuz it what they do with the editing, it makes it so that fucking the kids just like teleporting up and down. He's not supposed but... to be teleporting in the first place. No, no, no. He, he is, is supposed to be teleporting, but oh, really? they just make it so that he's never in the same spot whenever the camera cuts back to him. Exactly. And it looks terrible. Yeah, it looks like shit. Because you don't actually see him teleport. So it just looks like bad editing. Yeah, it just looks like they've just picked a new location. because, And you can tell he's teleporting because he does it the first time. So every time he cuts back to him, he's in a new spot, and you're like, oh, he's just teleporting again. But yeah, it's like they don't show the teleport. They only show the very first one, and every other time it comes back to him, it's just like, God, they just picked a spot for him to be in for this scene and then didn't explain why. He's just he's just there. Yeah. A little over there. Oh, wow, he's already here. Oh, man. So Shurka has this spell where he creates a skull out of red magic and he envelops himself in it and then he shoots it right at the kid, right? And the kid holds his ring out and sucks all of it up and then immediately rebounds it at Shurka and melts him. And that, my friends, is the end of the villain of this movie. It, and it happens so, like, nonchalantly. Yeah, so like, quickly. When he, he, when he dies, I'm like, oh, it, he's dead. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's just like instantly, it's like he just melts. He just turns around and it cuts back to him and he gets, like, covered in blue light and he's gone. There's no buildup whatsoever. Yeah, it was bad. <laughs> yeah. So. It's not even like, oh, man, it's a last stand effort. Oh, no. No, he's just fucking dead. Yeah, he's just fucking dead. He's dead. So, there is... Cor uh, is leaving. He's just trying to walk out without saying anything. He's just, like, trying to vanish. And the kid runs up to him. He's like, oh my god, Cor, I need you to stay. Like, what the fuck? You can't just leave. And Cor's like, nah, kid, it's not my way. I don't stick around any place for too long. And the kid's like, I need you now more than ever. And Cor has this really, like, deep line where he's like, maybe the person that we really need is already inside us. And it's like, well, this is a kid's movie, and I don't think half the people watching this are going to understand that. <laughs> like, that's like a really deep line. Like, it's True. just it's just like, and he says it so nonchalantly too, and it's just like, well, actually, he doesn't even say it nonchalantly. They like do this pan in on his face, and he's like, well, maybe the person we really need is inside us already. And it's just like... It's just the next scene. <laughs> it's just like, this is a movie for kids. Like, you don't need to be... You could just say something like, oh, no, kid, I'm sorry that I gotta go out and help more people. Like, 
I gotta go out and make sure that Shirka's forces are still on the retreat and protect the city and stuff. No, he's just like, well, I'm gonna go and do my own thing now. I don't really care what happens with you, but see you, kid. And he leaves. That's it. And then just kind of cuts off. And then the final scene oh. of the movie is the kid with the princess standing on top of the tower. The, oh, I forgot about that. The Gullfax is suddenly best buds with the little leader from earlier, like the dwarf guy. They're best friends all of a sudden, and I don't know why. Yep. They just suddenly have become best buds. And it's just like, yeah, I know that you killed like eight people across the duration of this movie, but I guess you're friendly now. And it's like, okay, I guess. <laughs> and the small thing that that was their thought process. Yeah. Behind them. Cut back to the credits, which is core walking across this barren field and piss yellow credits roll across the screen. Man, what a bad way to end a really bad movie. Like the gr it was like a greenish yellow, like it yeah. wasn't even like a piss throw up yellow. It was they were gross looking and you could barely read them until they got up over the top because it was yellow grass underneath, which is a what a bad color to pick for your credits. And it was like a ten second like credit roll. Yeah, because there was nobody in this fucking movie. But yeah, that was uh well, that was Wizards of the Lost Kingdom. Yeah, unfortunately. I'm glad the movie's I, over, but... Oof. What kingdom was lost? The kingdom wasn't lost. It we wasn't, knew. yeah, no, it wasn't a lost kingdom. This was just a kingdom. I guess the ring was lost, but they knew where it was until the kid dropped it. And even then it wasn't lost, it was just out of sight. It was literally no. That that's the best part is that the whole time the the villain's like, I want, I need to find this ring, and it's literally twenty feet from him. Yeah, literally in the same room inside a gargoyle's mouth. It's like you like really combed this place, gargoyle. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, oh. He just he's choking on something. Yeah. To, to be fair, sometimes I'm like. God, guys, where the fuck is my phone? I can't find my phone, and it's, like, in my back pocket. I, that's true, but <laughs> think about it like this. Now imagine this is a phone that you've been searching for for 15 years, and it's <laughs> in the room that you're in. I don't know about you, but I'd be tearing that fucking place apart. <laughs> Especially if I know it's in there somewhere, you know? It's like, you gotta find it eventually. It's like I can't find my five thousand dollar check. <laughs> yeah, I I have won a, I have won the lottery and I misplaced my ticket somewhere in my house. My house is gonna be destroyed by the time I'm done because it's worth infinitely more than this fucking place around me is. But nope, he's just yeah. gonna sit back and be like, "Well, I guess it'll turn up eventually." In the meantime, I'll just keep melting these dwarves working for me. I'm very displeased with your um, one hour work the funny thing is we have talked for longer than this movie was this is was this was a two hour almost recording and the movie was an hour and 10 minutes which just goes to show you you can really fill the time if you sit and think about it there was Christ. nothing to think about it was just mind-numbing that fucking movie was mind-numbing yeah it was bad it was bad and there's Damn. a sequel too and there's a sequel. <laughs> yeah, somehow there's a second one. I don't know what it's about. I don't want to know what it's about, but that might be something that we we get to eventually. Um, but uh, that's gonna do it. Thank you all for listening. Uh, what do you guys think? Think we do one of these a week? 
Are we asking us? Or... Yeah, I'm asking you guys. No, I'll ask the audience. Break the fourth yeah. bucket wall. <laughs> Let me ask them. They can they can answer right now. Uh, yeah, we could do something like that. Yeah. Um, just pick uh yeah. pick one one day a week. Maybe do it on the weekend, something like that. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it yeah, out. We'll figure it out. But uh, uh, that's gonna be it for this episode. Thanks everybody for listening. Um, stick around. We will have another one up eventually when we figure out when we're gonna do these. Uh, yeah. Any last closing statements before we leave? Uh, <laughs> you can check out my YouTube channel. All right, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, otherworldly films. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, all right. Okay. <laughs> now do the intro. All right. Well, that's it. See y'all next time.